0: O-T-B-G-A-A Hurling games all we can do is do our absolute best and, but we have to dust ourselves down and we have to go again just be the best that you can be after that Subscribe to the O-T-B-G-A-A podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts O-T-B-A-M with Gillette Labs Get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now The to say James Tracy is back with us to talk to us about um, the uh, we'll start with the URC right Uh What's the rivalry like in the dressing room, the week of the game, the day of the game, in the middle of the game and at halftime of the game? How, What is the, the like bones of this rivalry against Munster? Is it as intense as it was when you started? Is it always going to be intense anyway because you're up against people for an Ireland jersey? What's, what's it actually like?
1: From speaking from a personal point of view, I always had that hatred there, you know, and, and like, as you said, you're, you're fighting for a jersey, so I would have been like... I'm I'm sure I'm not on the Christmas card list in the Scallon household neither with he and mine <laughs> you know Where, but that's good it's good having that rivalry of uh you know that the hatred inside you but also um the years gone past of like the it, you know it, it's not an easy place to go to to Tomend, um and you know and, like it's it's a cauldron and it's one of the best places to play for the wrong reasons in terms of it, it's it's so hostile, it's so intense. Um, but that's why you play rugby, and you know, it's playing those moments. But uh, to answer your question, in, in my opinion, rivalry couldn't be more still there. You know, whether the the results um, recently, you know, uh, we've been quite dominant, but. If you ask any of them, I guarantee you they they hate hate our guts. Uh, a lot of them, anyway. And and I would have had that same feeling playing any of the provinces. There was a lot of hate there from a personal point of view. But maybe I'm just a bit twisted. Was that a word hatred <laughs> across the dressing room? Was that was that the case? Could you feel the dressing room was different when you're playing monster? Well, you've different characters. You know, a lot of, like. Um James Lowe's a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, says. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Everyone just hates him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, unless he's on your team, when, which is when, when you love him because he's, he's scoring one or two tries a game. But, um, yeah, no, listen, the, I can't speak for everyone, but, like, certainly, um, not being too traditional, but, like, you know, forwards would tend to get a bit more G'd up for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's more combative, you're, you're in the trenches, it's a lot easier to build that hatred inside you than some. Um, I don't know, like Johnny, I'm fairly sure he's gotten fairly fired up over the years. But uh, I can only speak for myself in saying that I definitely had that, that fire in me anytime I was playing a province of like genuine dislike. And, you know, over time that goes away. But like when you're in there, you have yourself feeling that. Does this start at underage, or does it
0: actually does it only pretty properly manifest itself when you make the. The senior team and you're getting picked and you're like, Oh, hang on a second, everybody here is just a little bit more on edge this week than they are when
1: we're playing Zebrae or Dragons or whoever I'd say it starts in school to be honest. You know, you, like, I remember playing a few of the Monster Schools and, and you you're going down and they're kinda like have this chip in their shoulder about like these soft lads coming down from Leinster and like you all know, they're giving you a, a little bit extra in the rocks and everything like that and like listen, I all for it, I was I loved that part of the game but uh like that's definitely for me anyway, where it started, and yeah, uh, you know, some people mightn't feel like that exists, but I definitely felt it, and I loved it. You know what I mean? I loved uh, the abrasive side of it. Um, but that's when it started for me. It was in, and then you go into interprovincials in um, at underage, and that's that's the you know that's the biggest uh, stage you can play on at, at that age. So it kind of starts from there, in, in my opinion. And kind of builds throughout. Was but the was the level of um, smack talk, I guess, in the middle of games taken to another level in those matches and the scrums? And Do you know what? COVID was the only time when smack talk was out of ties because You had to create atmosphere, right? right. I got uh, dangerous because everybody can hear you. Well, like you you <laughs> they had the dummy crowd noise, <laughs> probably drowned out a little bit. Okay. But I I just I remember that was one part of. Uh, well obviously you, you you missed having the atmosphere of the game there, there was one part of it i didn't like was like it was all the amount of chirping and, and going on, but like you had to, you had to try create energy somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. and um I could listen, I was just as bad, if not the worst at talking crap like in the middle of games, but uh definitely looking back i didn't like that side of it versus you don know, 't mind a few like there's always going to be a bit of chirp here and there, but uh there was it was kind of like very. Almost American, uh, you know, the amount of stuff doesn't talk during COVID. But as I said, you had to create the atmosphere from somewhere because it was just dead stadium. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I, I was very concerned at the time
0: when Joey Carberry was moved from Leinster to Munster, or slash moved. Uh, it felt a little bit like this. This is a dangerous precedent to start taking good young players from one province and transplanting them to another because it's going to be very difficult for them to feel exactly the same that you felt coming through the Lenser system what was your instinct around the time of that happening was it was there a danger of that because it, it turns out there hasn't been like, but I think maybe Munster have got better at bringing players through their system as well so I think maybe I overreacted at the time but um, what, what was your when you're in the middle of that and this is happening you're like they're taking one of our really good players and they're making our main rival stronger what's going on here
1: you're obviously not happy about it um, especially like losing you know Joe he's, he's he's a great fella as well like he, he would have been um, a good part of the of the changing room never mind being a class player so you're not delighted about that part first of all just losing him in general um but anyway people make their decisions and and you know you're you're with the enemy then until you meet outside of Ropey, you know and then you're your pals but um I can only speak from from you know Let's say like John McKee coming into into Leinster and like he's part of the furniture now you know like yeah. so it, it taking people in uh, I don't think it's probably as big a deal as it's made on the outside um, but when you're losing someone to to one of your rivals especially someone who's very good definitely you're not delighted about it um, but again it's out of your control. Um, I guess Leinster did benefit
0: from, like, Robbie Henshaw, for example. So maybe it swings around about Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there you go. Like, that one, I'm sure uh, a lot of the, you know, the Connacht faithful are still uh, a bit salty about that one. And rightly so, he's one of the best centres of all time um but people got to make decisions for for themselves at the end of the day and um 100 or like we're or 100% respect uh Joey and his decision like Robbie and his decision at the end of the day it's it's doing what's right for you okay let's talk about the sharks game last weekend and what what Leinster will have learned from that um you you've looked through it what what was your takeaways um i th- i think so the, the sharks like crazy athletes and i think the South African teams have brought so much to the u r c in terms of just that X factor and deal, dealing with th- these crazy big men and also um, like that Williams tried at the beginning was just like Exceptionally. You know, you just have guys, they're, they're like an extra gear, or speed that I don't know, we don't seem to have up here. But anyway, brilliant for us to be able to play against. But uh, one of my takeaways is probably the difference between, you know, the the good teams and, and the great teams um, is the tension to detail on, like, how they're running lines and all that side of things. So um, the great Felipe Cantopomi, uh taught me about the uh, triangles late, probably later in my career than I would like to have known because um, I've gotten in trouble from a lot of out-halves but not knowing what line to run but um, essentially that you know, if the ball carrier is running straight that the next guy should be running a tight line and if the ball carrier is running uh, an over line so w- whether it be away from the rook that the next guy should be running a straight line um, that sounds very simple but a lot of the, the bad teams will have not our bad teams when you don't run shape well it's you know you, you might have someone uh, running straight you might have someone running in but they might be ahead of the ball or they might be too deep and they're never an option or they don't look like they're ever going to be an option while the good teams have or yeah or they might be both running straight or they might be both running uh, overs but the uh, the good teams or the great teams it's the timing of everyone is actually an option Instead of just having that, maybe have some the, the person run straight, the person uh, coming short, but they're never really an option. It's quite obvious to tell. And like a dummy runner, they're actually dummy runners because they, one, they don't have the thick conviction. And two, they're probably not on the right line at the right time. I think the what makes like the top top tier European teams is the ability, the understanding of that first of all, and the ability to do that time and time again. Because when you're defending, all of a sudden, if I see someone running a dummy line, I know they're not going to get it. I don't have to respect him, and then the the guys outside me and outside and outside, all of a sudden, we're wider and we're able to press because we're not getting sucked in. Well, if I have to respect the short guy because he might actually get it, then all of a sudden everyone outside has to come in a tiny bit. Um, and I just taught Leinster. If, if you watch the watch the game back, Kalen Dorris you know, exceptional example. He had uh, for for Deegan's try, he he runs uh, that Harry Byrne takes it straight. Kaelan uh, Doris uh, comes in, sucks in a defender. Harry plays it uh, out the back to Keenan, and they pick them off. Jack Conan to, uh, to Max Deegan in the second. And later in the second half, Jack Conan he was running on a bit of an overs. Kaelan Doris straight, huge line break. So it's just the understanding and the execution from from those guys at the minute is just exceptional. Of the the triangles, Felipe's triangles. So Phil Jackson had the triangle offense that he ran with the with the Bulls, and that was the
0: first time I'd ever read about it. And I'm sure other people were doing it too, but um, if memory serves, Phil Jackson was ripping it off from some uh, Knicks coach in the fifties or sixties. But so is that where Felipe got it? Is there a connection? Of. Had anybody spoken to? I
1: listen. I, I'm, was he the I'm one who sure who spoke about the triangle. Yeah, a first. But like it's it's listen. It's how a lot of every attack is run. But it was just how it was explained to me in layman's terms. <laughs> it was the first time I got it. I was like, ah, okay. That makes it very easy because you know a lot of the time, and a lot of people people were guessing half the time of like it's a feel of like oh it was the right time to come in. Yeah. It's the right time to stay out or whatever. But it just it made it a lot more simple yeah. for, for and, me to understand and, and, and like and, there is another layer of like what's the defender doing but you know even if you just understand that prin- principle it makes uh, defending against it very hard because yeah. he's a good teacher because he just taught us in like uh, a minute and a half there and yeah. we, we all
0: understood it too also yeah. in layman's <laughs> terms so that obviously worked out
1: yeah no he's he's listening he's brilliant um and you know, he's left a massive market and and the the great thing is like Andrew Goodman is is a, a new version, so he's got new ways of doing it. You know, I talked about the themes and the different things. So like everyone has their own uh, way of doing things, and uh, and things that they're brilliant at. So yeah, anyway, that was his kind of layer and and stamp he left on me. Anyway, he he did. Hell of a lot for an answer, but uh, that little bit gave, little nugget he gave to me.
0: It looks like been staying around as well after we were speculating after
1: Roger bounced that ball that time. Can't believe that uh, that wasn't true, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was such a the, the source really gave it away. But I know listen, I, he was definitely a, a shoe in um to, to be involved, even maybe in the Crusaders. In the in the conversation, and then of course from what he'd done, from my experience with him, I'm not surprised if they were trying to get him over. Uh, I just it was probably the source that gave away for me. Uh, well, I'd say maybe it was you think wishful thinking on Roger's part to take him away from Leicester. Yeah, maybe, maybe. yeah. I listen, and it, in fact, maybe it came from a good place of he's a, he's I'd, a class coach. I'd say, i say, it did. Uh, so, um, you,
0: you want to talk about Healy last week?
1: Yes, yeah. So. Uh, I think we're talking about Keane in general of like the, the role he's now taking in in the Irish and Lancer team it's it, unbelievable I don't think the level of difficulty to be able to play loose head and tight head in the same game it's at that level it's just unheard of right and and he's just you know obviously he played hooker at one point in you know for, for the scrums in that Scotland game was it Um but just his, you know, just get on with it ability is incredible. But, uh, unfortunately for him, the weekend, it's the, the right of passage for, for any title out there is, is, uh, is getting your wings and, and getting lifted off the ground. Uh, <laughs> but didn't didn't affect them in any way, but I think that that's the first one i've seen in a game explain
0: uh, the, that for so
1: again getting your wings is uh, as a tighter It can only happen as a tighter prop where the pressure coming from the back uh, behind you and the opposition and your legs leave the ground and all of a sudden you're you're in the air but uh, listen it's uh it's happened to every single tight head prop, whether it be in training or be in in a match, and it is a hundred percent a ride. Of, you know, you, you're uh, you're on your way to to being a good tighter prop because after that you learn the ground is your friend, and uh, it, it is it's definitely a, a rite of passage. That, that must be a comparison to another sport, like the ability to play tight head and loose head like so seamlessly. The skill level involved there is ridiculous. Ridiculous, yeah. I, I, I like a generational player and and. Uh, I, I I loved scrumming with him at, at loose head, but I just his aggression and want for going forward at tight head. Like he genuinely was one of my favourite people to scrum was with in in general, and and uh, I get jealous when I see like they had a big scrum penalty the last day. He was mm-hmm. in with with John, and uh, just that feeling, you know, because like I know when I'm packing down beside him, he's go to, it's go time, especially with Porter as well. Um,
0: this monster team, obviously Fekitoa, Murray, Nash, and Snyman are all out, and so. It's gonna be very difficult for them to overcome those injuries. Do they still have enough about them to win this game?
1: So they can definitely win the game, but I think they need a lot to go for them to win the game. I I I like me being honest, I would say it'll be like a like a close first half, and I feel like we'll pull away in the second half and win comfortably. The only way I can see them uh, getting into this game is is getting rattling rattling lance early. I think that's what they need. they need to. Uh, so they're very good in the air. Uh, when I say the air, at their uh, box kicking and chase and contesting in the air, so putting a lot of pressure on uh, on the guys in the backfield, getting momentum into the game, maybe getting a few scrum penalties here and there. Um, a few turnover penalties I, I know like, I was going to say when you say rattle like they'd need to be 21 nil up with a and man advantage to <laughs> for Leicester to be rattled at this not stage not quite not quite I like rugby BM sport is very fickle when you're going well you know everyone is you know wants to know the secret sauce and what like how are you so unbeatable but a chink in the armour a mistake like a all it takes is you know a mistimed tackle, you know anything to either give a yellow card or a big swing of momentum, and all of a sudden things can change. Do I think Leinster will win? I do. I think they should win, um, you know, by a couple of scores. But how can Monster get into it? I think they need to rattle uh, rattle Lanster early and um, just get them out of their game, get them out of their flow, and uh, like pressure game. They need to Leinster, make mistakes. We asked you to pick a fifteen for
0: this week uh, with the final the following week in mind, which is obviously the same job that um Leo cullen and, and Lancaster and the rest of the crew have how do they do that? How do they make sure that everybody um arrives at the La Rochelle game primed and ready to go like for us outsider like oh they need to get some game time or some minutes, but that's not really the case, is it like when 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 do you feel like
1: most players need to have last played before they can play at their absolute peak? So again, it's different for different players. For me, um and I'm not at the elite level of like a lot of those lads, but when I was playing, I needed to be playing every week. But to some guys, like you could leave like um Johnny, you could leave him out for six months and I would be one hundred percent confident he goes in there that he's gonna run the ship well. Um if you look at uh, Charlie Nattai Offer like huge break again. I'd be 100 percent confident. I think the more experienced you are, um, the the less probably you need under your belt. It's a bit more when you're a bit more of a card horse, and you like playing every week. It suits you. You get in the flow of of playing uh, more. And when I say card horse, I was more of a card horse. Um, so I, I I like my picking of the team was. I think there'll be a lot of continuity from last week. I think they have an opportunity to do that, so I can't see why they won't. Um, they'll throw in a, a sprinkle of guys um, to, to freshen it up, but I think uh, why not? Like The team played pretty well last week, a bit of continuity, and um, kick on then for, for the next week.
0: You've picked Milne, Kelleher, Healy in the front row, Baird and Jenkins in the second row, and then it's Deegan, and then it's Penny slash Connors, I guess that's depending on... Depending on injury, yeah. yeah. Conan at eight. Uh, McGrath and Harry Byrne 9 and 10 uh, Dave Kearney and either Larmer or Jimmy O'Brien on Bending
1: the wings
0: and Nat Iron Frawley in the centre uh, with Hugo Keenan playing fullback. Um, when you look at the injuries that Munster got you know this is a contact sport There's, you, you get lucky some weeks and you get no injuries and you get absolutely decimated with five players coming off injured um, the Lancer squad is really big and you'd say at this stage they're so well tuned that nobody is indispensable, but is there anybody who you just wouldn't risk this week just to make sure that they're at least on the starting
1: lineup next week? Um Well I've I, I've gone a different perspective on it. I, I've gone the um the team that played uh, last week I've gone just for continuity in terms of it's hard chopping and changing every week and, and that's one of the challenges of it's great having a big squad but as a player it's hard being chopped and changed and having different partnerships and different things going on so I think for the the sake of continuity um, and like i that's probably what the thinking a little bit would be, is is get this. It means also the the lads who aren't playing, they have the continuity of training against this team the whole time. So you have two teams who are in, whatever, three or four sessions a week, having the same partnerships, having the same people training against each other. Um, I think that's more important okay. than kind of like because you can't the okay. moment you go into kind of like like wrapping cotton wool yeah. you pick up like the silliest knocks or you know like that's actually when you get more chance of getting injured when you're trying to knock uh, it injured I was watching Andy Kiriakou the Munster forwards coach speaking during the week and he was talking about he was asked consistently about the the weight of history and this per record that the Munster players have playing Leinster especially away from home is that something that that just the media and people outside are worried about, or do you genuinely believe that the monster players will be thinking about the the history and and the fact that they just can't seem to get over Leinster? It's definitely in the back of your head. Like I know from we playing against teams that, that like when they consistently uh, you know have beaten you over the years, you always just have. You know, when I was in school was, that team was like Black Rock. It was like you know before we got in the field, you know we'd beaten ourselves. But uh, like I know, I'm pals with with Ty Burn, and I know like he wants nothing more to, than to beat Leinster, and he won't be worrying about what anyone else thinks about um, about uh, the the games that have gone before. He's just gonna want to be trying to get the team uh, on his back and and um, coming up with big moments. And like he, you know, he, he's gonna be pivotal for for how they do. Like he has an exceptional game. I think they're right in it, and they're gonna depend on him. What slimy like? is a legend. Um, I, I couldn't like, couldn't speak higher of him. I think he's he's like probably the biggest asset they've gotten in in terms of like culture, um, culture fit, as well as like class, um, detail, the contact side of things. Uh, now he was he was absolutely brilliant in his time. Um, a lot of t- a lot of like it's funny, you know, when someone comes from you know you have again this perception of like. You know, like I don't say hated him but like definitely didn't like him over the years because he was just such a big character for Monster. very good very good yep. exactly that also helps towards saying. but you know you get to know people and, and like yeah absolute legend of the game one and two uh, gentlemen and, and I, I'd say um, if you ask any of the Monster players they'd, they'd rave about him uh, have you met Scandal since you retired? Is there peace breaking out now that you're <laughs> now that you're civilian again? Not quite yet, but yeah, I just, uh, anytime we're, we're you're off the pitch, it's uh, it's all good. But uh, I think it's healthy to have that uh, that bit of competition.
0: Um, well, we're uh, we're uh, about to talk to Kieran Donny, and like famously, you know, at the end of the All Ireland Final, he goes, what do you think about that, Joe Brodie? Like it, the the individual battle that you have with whoever it is that makes you not eat badly or do the extra bit of work that you like, oh my God, I just can't get the motivation to do this but if you have a direct rival who you think might be doing it down the road then uh, it's, sport is weird like that you kind of need to be a bit psychotic
1: yeah I think yeah especially if you play rugby be a bit, bit tapped <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, it's uh, that's a great part it's part of the game that, that uh, I certainly rushed in I love the the competition side of it and um the rivalry side of it and I, I definitely didn't didn't shy away from um how, like expressing that side of it when I played and, and uh it doesn't mean that I'll carry it on forever but uh definitely in Slowly any, it'll <laughs> yeah slowly it withers away, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, the compete the, the competitor I don't think ever leaves you when you're in the field of play but I think uh life moves on. You've mm-hmm.
0: given us a prediction that uh in as the second half wears on that Lancer should be able to see them off. that fair enough? That's where you're that that's what you're sticking with your
1: yeah plan. i think i think the longer the game goes on i think we'll we wear them down um monster of like they were like a, a very good fence um so th- they would play with uh what i would call kind of like a 14 kind of one with the wingers uh on a pendulum we'll say right so explain that they, they like when you're attacking against them it feels like you're attacking against 20 people and they're all just in front of you um, and they would their wingers are very clever at, at reading kicks. So um, they come from the backfield into the front line very quickly as you're trying to attack and all of a sudden there's like an extra man there. But how you punish those sorts of uh, defences is that those attacking kicks. Um, so I feel like if, if Lencer can... Um, Pin them back and and punish that and try try get them to to get it wrong with with their with their wingers closing early. Um, I feel like we'll we'll do well against them. But the, the great part of that defense system is gives you loads of poach opportunities because you have a lot of men around the ball. Um, so that's the threat. So um, if Munster can get a few few early poaches, um, is, is, Coombs will probably be, be playing. Bernie be playing. So like they, they have a lot of guys who game. will be on hard at the ball. Alright. Um yeah, that's 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 a chance to get good stuff. It. James,
0: enjoy the game, that's brilliant. Thanks a million.
1: OCB AM with Gillette Labs.
0: Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.